New Year, same God. Uh, you might wonder, wow, what, what's God already doing? Hey, we know He's in charge, and we know that He's in control. We know that He makes all things new. I want us, as we turn the corner into 2021, to focus on new things, to focus on what God's doing, not to be uh, grounded in 2020 and all the things that happened there, uh, and God did some things in 2020. We saw God do a lot of great things in 2020. But we need to focus forward and, and, and pray and anticipate and, ex, and with expectation what God's going to do in 2021. Now, speaking of 2020, it's that time of year. Uh, if you are uh, a member of First Baptist Church, you know that typically I pause on a Sunday morning at the first of the year and just uh, take a look at the previous year by the numbers. If you're new to... First Baptist Church, this might be new to you as well, and if you're new to First Baptist Church, you won't have a lot to compare this to. So let me say at the outset, uh, what is interesting about the numbers of 2020 is they are completely unique. Uh, There's not anything like them uh, anywhere in my files, and we haven't experienced anything like 2020 uh, and the numbers that we have there. Even so, we see God working in fresh ways. You see, that's the thing about not getting stuck in business as usual. When we are seeing new things happen, we get to see God do new things also. So here's First Baptist Church by the numbers. In the calendar year of 2020, keep in mind that in March, the middle of March 2020, is when we suspended in-person services and and stayed online exclusively till June. Then we had in-person services again for a while uh, went back out after a case of COVID impacted our church in November, came back in, and then as a precaution with everyone traveling and the uptick in cases in Thanksgiving and Christmas, we have come back out until January 31st. So here are the numbers uh, and some things to, to keep in mind, and I'll try to put those in perspective a little bit for 2020. Uh, first of all, even with everything happening in 2020, uh, God blessed us with 17 folks coming to First Baptist Church and saying, this is where God wants me to be. A little bit less than we're used to in a typical calendar year, but we praise God for all who say, this is my church home. And especially praise God uh, that of those 17, nine came to First Baptist Church by baptism. We're baptized in the body of Christ in 2020. Six of our beloved members went home to be with the Lord in 2020. Uh, Now, these are average worship and Bible study numbers uh, that reflect the the suspension of services as well. So it's a little bit strange, and you'll recognize uh, that quite, quite different from previous years. Sunday school, that is Bible study attendance, average 126, uh, average 11 a.m., 163. But we add to that Facebook viewers and YouTube viewers. Uh, not a, uh, it's hard to be precise with those because of the, of the algorithms that, that, that measure numbers on Facebook and YouTube. But average for 2020, Facebook viewers 37, average YouTube viewers 60. Uh, and that has, and I've watched other churches. That's kind of the trends there as well. And it tells us a few things, by the way, because when we first suspended services, we're, extreme, we're streaming online. Our church, like many others, saw a, a, a a great increase in online viewers. But ours, like all others, have seen that level off through 2020. And there's at least a few reasons for that, but two I would offer. One is that more and more churches are online now. And that's a good thing. 
So uh, a lot of folks might have been watching our church and, and maybe your church, if you go to a different church, originally during the suspension, but now that other churches are online and maybe theirs is, uh, they're online with those churches. Uh, but something else that is not as good is a lot of people now are not tuning in on Sunday morning during the worship hour. Instead, they're watching the service later and they're watching the, the sermon later. So let me encourage you to get back connected during the worship hour, if not with First Baptist Church, with another church of your choosing, and make sure you're connected during the worship hour. Now, something else we, we experienced in 2020 was new ministries. The connection groups were started. We started 21 groups, uh, and uh, we've seen God work through those groups. If you're a member of First Baptist Church, or you have been through our Discovering Church membership class, you are in a connection group. If your connection group leader has reached out to you, be sure that you respond to them. Be sure you respond to them. Get connected. Pray for one another. Share needs with one another in those connection groups. Deacons also are involved in those connection groups. So there's ministry happening, caring ministry in particular, through those connection groups. The purpose being that while we are distanced, we are still connected. Uh, so take advantage of that and reach out to your connection group leader. And I want to pause and thank those connection group leaders for the wonderful job they have done in a brand new ministry that we're, we're still learning about, still hitting the pace, still learning about this new ministry. Uh, and I'm so excited about the potential that ministry has for the future and for the days ahead. Now here's another one, Bags of Hope. Bags of Hope started as a ministry to help our community in a time of crisis. And in 2020, uh, we delivered 398 bags of hope to fa- 398 families, excuse me, Bags of Hope to 398 families. Uh, God's used that in a great way. That ministry will be transitioned to our benevolence ministries this year in 2021 and will continue as such. We were a distribution point for the boxes of food through North Carolina Baptist on Mission. Uh, That also might continue. It looks like it's going to. So uh, look for that news to follow and that information to follow. In 2020, we distributed out of First Baptist Church with volunteer help 13,316 boxes of food. 13,316 boxes of food. God really used that. Now listen to this. Our Lottie Moon offering goal was $6,500 in 2020. You gave $9,601 to Lottie Moon. And the, the great, we always exceed our goal. Usually we do. That's the, the best we've done. Thank you for your giving. And speaking of thank you for your giving, in 2020, our capital fund increased uh, by $146,970. Now, the reason for that is your faithfulness in giving. Having suspended services and, and activities and ministries for a while, uh, obviously those expenditures were not there, but it helped us see how our, our people would react, how God works through us in a time just like that. And God bless you. You kept giving. You kept blessing others through ministry. You kept giving. And in the, in the way we do our finances, at a certain point, uh, financial uh, money is shifted. Expenses are shifted. Money is shifted, excuse me, to the capital fund. So that's how that grew that way, that and your giving. Uh, so keep doing what God puts on your heart. Keep giving that way. And in 2021, we're going to see what God's going to do. If you're wondering about the renovation that was on the table as part of Strategy 2019 at our church ministry meeting, our quarterly ministry meeting, Sunday night the 31st, we'll give you an update on that renovation and what we think God is leading us to do. 
All right, now also I issue to you challenges for 2021. Go to our website, uh, to the commitments link, and you'll see the page where you can commit to one, two, all, or just a few of those challenges. In fact, you can go in and out. You can commit to one, then go back later and do another, and that's the page that we will update with more information on what these challenges are. I sent out an email this week. You'll get a lot more information, explanation of it. But uh, let me mention what the four challenges are for 2021. The 2021 Generosity Challenge. For those who are able uh, to give 21% of your stimulus check from the government toward ministries uh, through First Baptist Church or through another ministry. And we realize there are a lot of people in need uh, that need that stimulus help. A lot of businesses are hurting. A lot of people unemployed. But also, we can help as well. And maybe you're in a position, as a lot of people told me last year when the stimulus checks came out, that they would like to just give theirs away to help other people in need. Well, this is a specific challenge. 21%. 21% toward helping people in need. Also, you'll learn about the 21 days, 21 ways to pray challenge coming up. 21 chapters in 2021 Bible challenge. I'll tell you more about that. And the 21 Conversations Challenge. The 21 Conversations Challenge. Again, you'll be hearing more about all of those challenges coming up. So be sure you follow what we're doing at First Baptist Church. The purpose of those challenges is to focus us forward. To focus us on growing in Christ. Not uh, looking back over our shoulders throughout the year. Not worrying about what has happened. But being faithful to Jesus in various ways. And believing God to do great things in 2021. So let's focus on growing in Christ together. Same God, new year. That's what we're looking at. Remember, we are back in-house and online both Sunday morning the 31st. Uh, So plan on signing up. Follow precautions. We're going to be following precautions, but also register for that service uh, on Sunday morning the 31st. This morning we turn our attention back to a short message series We began last week. If you have your Bible, find with me John 21. So the first three Sundays in 2021, we are in the Gospel of John chapter 21. So turn there with me if you have your Bible. I hope you marked your place there last week. And we're talking about why getting back to business as usual is not a strategy for the future. Getting back to business as usual is not a strategy for the future. Most Christians and most churches keep saying, keep talking about, I can't wait till we get back to business as usual. I can't wait to get things get back to normal. That's a wonderful sentiment. It really is. And there are a lot of things that we're so excited about moving forward. We can't wait to get back together in corporate worship, in person, all the time. But we have to be careful because getting back to business as usual is not a strategy. It's a default setting. We do that when we don't know what to do. When we don't know what to do, we do what we used to do. And the tragedy is, by doing that, sometimes we miss what God wants us to do. Let me say that again. When we don't know what to do, we tend to go back to do what we used to do. And the tragedy is, by doing that, sometimes we miss what God wants us to do. Maybe God has something new in store for First Baptist Church, for your church, for your life for your family. Getting back to business as usual, that's not a strategy. That's not a goal. Uh, That's a default that we tend to drift back into. You'll remember last week we met 
seven of the apostles on the shore of the Sea of Galilee after the resurrection of Christ. And Jesus, the resurrected Lord, had been coming and going. He'd been showing up, talking to his disciples and making appearances, revealing who he was as God, now the risen Christ. But seven of the disciples, led by Peter, on this morning in Galilee, by the Sea of Galilee, decide to go back to fishing. In fact, that's what Peter says to all of them, and they all agree. Peter says in verse 3 of chapter 21, I'm going fishing. Uh, And the tone of that, the texture of that phrase means, I'm going to start going fishing again. I'm getting back into fishing. He doesn't mean he's abandoning Christ. What he means is, I've got to do something, so I'm going to do what I know how to do until and unless I'm told to do something different. So I default. I, I yearn for business as usual. I yearn for the comfortable. I yearn for doing what I know how to do, so I'm going to get back into business as usual. And all of the other six agree. That's what they're going to do. Then while they, they fish all night, and in the morning they have caught no fish. And as the morning mist is over the lake and, and maybe starts to rise, they look on the shore and they see a figure, a man standing on the shore. And the man calls out to them, friends, you don't have any fish, do you? Now we're going to pick up in the story there. And what I want us to focus in on this morning is how God provides for us going into the future. How God provides for us going into the future. Last week, we looked at how God gets us back on track. When we default to business as usual, God sometimes shows up to get us back on track because that's not, that's not a strategy. And God wants us to be looking for what He's doing and to participate in what He is doing. But to move forward in the future, there's two things we need. We need, to be, uh, we need to remember that God provides for us, and we need to be focused on God's perspective. And that's what we'll look at next week. So this morning, we're going to look at how God provides for us going in to the future. And you'll find it's the same way God always provides for us, especially for churches and ministry. Churches that refuse to always default to business as usual and believers that refuse to always default to business as usual but instead say, God, I want to do what you want me to do. We're going to see how God provides. God provides for those who are faithful to Him. God provides for our future when we follow Him into the future. John chapter 21. Look there with me. And we're going to start reading this morning at verse 4. John chapter 21 and verse 4. Uh, We read this same text last week. We're going to look at it in a different way today. John himself, one of the apostles that was there that day, writes, When daybreak came, Jesus stood on the shore, but the disciples did not know it was Jesus. Friends, Jesus called to them, You don't have any fish, do you? No, they answered. Cast the net on the right side of the boat, he told them, and you'll find some. So they did, and they were unable to haul it in because of the large number of fish. The disciple, the one Jesus loved, and that that is John himself, said to Peter, it's the Lord. When Simon Peter heard that it was the Lord, he tied his outer clothing around him, for he had taken it off, and plunged into the sea. Since they were not far from land, about a hundred yards away, the other disciples came in the boat, dragging the net full of fish. When they got out on the land, they saw a charcoal fire there, with fish lying on it and bread. Bring some of the fish you've just caught, Jesus told them. So Simon Peter climbed up and hauled the net ashore, full of large fish, 153 of them. Even though there were so many, the net was not torn. Come and have breakfast, Jesus told them. 
None of the disciples dared ask him, who are you? Because they knew it was the Lord. Jesus came, took the bread, and gave it to them. He did the same with the fish. This was now the third time Jesus appeared to the disciples after he was raised from the dead. Getting back to business as usual. Not a strategy for the future. Instead, we want to look at what God wants us to do. What God wants us to do. Now, as we go into the story, I want to make a couple of things clear. and Very important. The first one is that this is a historical event. It's not a story someone wrote later and plugged into the Gospels. Uh, and even though a similar event, in fact, because a similar event happens three and a half years earlier and is recorded in Luke chapter 5, they're not the same events. Instead, it's God behaving the same way. And God intentionally uh, operating this way to, to reveal truth to the disciples. It's not an allegory. The number of fish doesn't represent anything. In fact, it's just the number of fish. Nothing mysterious about it. It's a real fishing trip with a real risen Jesus and seven real disciples on a real morning in Galilee when Jesus Christ demonstrated to them how God behaves, how God provides. That's the second thing I want us to be sure we understand about this story. This demonstrates to us how God typically provides, how God typically behaves. In the first verses of the story, we're told, and we were told here again, Jesus appeared to them the third time. Uh, the phrase means he manifested himself or revealed himself. That is to say, he revealed once again as the risen Christ that he is God, that he is God. And how Jesus behaves is how God behaves. How Jesus provides is how God provides. It's God's usual way of providing for us. And you'll notice the disciples recognize him as Christ when he provides the miraculous catch. Because it connects to that event three and a half years ago in Luke chapter 5, but it also is because now they know him so well, they know how God behaves. They know how Jesus behaves. And that's why they recognize him from the shore. I want to go back to the story for a few minutes this morning, and I want us to look closely at why business as usual it's not a strategy for the future. And why God wants us to ask Him what He wants us to do. It doesn't mean that God takes away everything we've been doing. We look at the Bible, the what we do in the Bible, it comes from the Bible, the how we do it might change. And the changes of 2020 in our culture will impact all churches. It may change the how of what we do. But what we do will come from Scripture. Let me give you an example that's a little more practical. Our tendency when we come back into church here at First Baptist, or if you go to another church, it may be to your church, when you come back into church, your tendency will be to start back all the ministries you had in 2019, just to start them again. In other words, to default, to business as usual. Most of those ministries will start again. Most of those ministries will immediately thrive. I use again as an example, corporate worship, just getting back together because we're hungry to do that. But here's the thing. What if God says he wants you to do them differently? What if God says, we're not going to do that ministry anymore? 2020 changed what we're going to do in that area, in that ministry. So we're going to start a new one. We're going to adapt the old one. We're going to reshape one that we used to have. 
We have to be careful not to get stuck in business as usual because God might be calling us to do something different. To put it in a more practical way from the story, we fish the way we fish. But God tells us how to fish in a way that we're blessed and where God is working. So this morning, let's talk about provision. I want you to see with me four ways that God provides. Four ways that God provides. And God's desire, first and foremost, is to provide for ministry. Church, listen. God provides for ministry. But he also provides for us personally. And all of these four ways apply to the way God always provides. Jesus does what God does because Jesus is God, and this is how God provides. So look at this with me. First, God provides what we need. It's just that simple. God provides what we need. Jesus himself emphasized over and over and over, God cares about you, and God knows what you need. He said in Matthew chapter 6, even before you pray and ask for it, God knows what you need. He wants you to pray because that's part of your relationship with him. He wants you to ask because that's part of his relationship with you as your heavenly father. But God already knows what you need, and God cares about you. Elsewhere, Jesus also said, God cares so much about you, he counts the hairs on your head. Now, thankfully, he didn't mean that in the sense that he, his concern and care for you equates to the number of hair on your, uh, on your head, the hairs on your head. If it, if it did, Jace Myers would be loved a lot more by God than I would be or Derek would be or Tony would be. What he means is, that's how much God cares for you and the details of your life. Every hair on your head matters to God. So first we see Jesus acting just like that. God provides what you need. When Jesus calls out the disciples from the shore, he uses a term, as we learned last week, friends, he calls out. Your, your Bible may translate it children because it's a very personal and intimate term. Uh, it's sort of like saying, hey, mates, or hey, guys, how are you doing? It's just that personal. And then he asked them a question, but it's a question that reveals he already knows the answer. You don't have any fish, do you? The word in the Greek translated in Jesus' question as fish is used only once in this story. Every other time the word fish comes up in the English, it's translating a more common term in the Greek language for a fish. But this one's unique. This one's a, a very unique and specific term. It means you don't have any bites to eat. You don't have any morsels of fish. It's not you didn't catch anything. It's you don't have anything to eat, do you? You don't have any breakfast. So he says, let me, let me show you where you can get your breakfast. See, his first concern is to make sure that they're taken care of. Because to meet our needs means we can meet his ministry calling. God calls us to ministry, but he takes care of us first. Meets our needs, our provision, so we can follow Christ faithfully and we can meet him in ministry. So remember this, God cares so much about you. God cares so much about you that God wants to meet your needs. That's his first line and, and his first desire of his provision is to meet what you need, provide what you need. The way God designed the world, he cares for all people. And by natural law and creation, God meets everyone's needs. 
If people participate in the creation the way it's designed, if they work in concert with God's creation, they benefit from that. Their needs are met. And in that sense, God takes care of his created order and he takes care of people. You don't have to be a Christian to grow corn. You just grow corn the way the world's designed and you'll benefit from it. So in a way, God meets everyone's needs, but God also teaches Christians not to worry about tomorrow. Don't worry about what's coming up because God will take care of you. He will provide for you so that you can participate in ministry with Him. So the first truth to remember is God provides what we need. And He does that first so we can participate in ministry with Him. Secondly, God provides when we obey. God provides when we obey. If you want to see God do something great, obey God. Obey God. In the Sea of Galilee, the fishermen would fish all night for a couple of reasons. The first one was in the heat of the day, the fish would gravitate to the bottom. They were much harder to catch. But also, remember, they had no storage capacity back then. They couldn't, there was no cold storage for the fish they caught. So in the morning, people would come to the shore to buy freshly caught fish. And the fishermen would bring it immediately to the shore and they would spread it out and these fishermen would be with his uh, particular catch and that's how they made their money. That's where they bought, that's why people bought their fish. They did it in the morning. So to wait, to come to the, to the morning after fishing all night and have nothing meant that you also were not going to have any business that day. Not only would you not have breakfast, <laughs> you wouldn't have anything to sell. They fished all night. This stranger from the shore, whom they don't recognize just yet, calls out to them, verifies, you don't have any fish, do you? They say, no, we, we don't. And he said, cast your net on the right side of the boat. This would be a trolling net. It would be a large net that they would use for large catches of fish. He said, turn it around and cast it on the other side. And immediately they scooped up far more than the net should have been able to hold. John is amazed that the net did not tear. 153 fish, he counts like a true fisherman, with great joy. He says, look at this, and counts them that day. Scholars tell us that would have been about 300 pounds of fish based on what they would be catching in the Sea of Galilee. They were overjoyed. Why? Why did that happen? It happened because they simply obeyed the voice of the master. Cast your net on the other side. Still fishing. That didn't change. We're still fishing. But stop fishing the way you want to fish and start fishing the way God wants you to fish. If you want to see God bless, then start doing it God's way. You see, our faith and God's provision intersect at our obedience. And we want to see God do a great work. If we want to see Him do a great work, we need to obey what He says. Follow what He says. Do it in faith. Obey what He says and we'll see God's provision. We'll see God do through us, through our churches, through our families. We'll see God do a fresh work. But when we say, no, thank you very much. I know how to fish. I'll keep fishing on the left side of the boat. We're not going to see God's blessings that way. We're not going to see Him work in the same way or provide in the same way. Instead, we are limiting ourselves to what we can do, to business as usual. The voice of the Master directs us to God's blessings. 
I believe in my heart this is one of the main reasons that many believers in Christ, many followers of Christ, will live their whole Christian lives and never participate in something great that God is doing. Even leading one person to faith in Christ or seeing a revival break out in a church or participating in new ministries that God blesses and they flourish or seeing God change lives in your own family. One of the main reasons is we are locked into, we are stuck in business as usual. We fish the way we want to fish, where we want to fish, how we know how to fish instead of listening to the voice of the Master and doing what God wants us to do. Your faith and God's provision intersect at the point of your obedience. If you are stuck in business as usual, ask yourself this. Does God want me to do something different? Go to God's Word, spend time in prayer, and start with this. God, I'm, I'm, I'm willing to do whatever you want me to do. I just want to see you work. Because right now, I've seen what I can do, and it's not nearly, not nearly what you could do. Stop asking God to bless you in what you want to do, and start asking God what He's blessing, so you can get involved in it and participate in it. One of the reasons we rarely see God do great and new things is because we're stuck in business as usual. God provides what we need. God provides when we obey. Then look at this third truth. God provides from His abundance. God provides from His abundance. The Apostle Paul established, he captured this principle in, in Scripture when he said, my God will provide all your needs according to his riches and glory. He didn't say God is going to make every Christian wealthy. In fact, what he was really talking about were spiritual riches. But it's a universal truth that applies that it's from God and God's warehouse, his storehouse, that he provides for us, that he meets our needs. So often God will bring to us something completely new, something completely unexpected. But that's from his storehouse. And, and he never runs out. He never runs dry. He always has provision for us if we're obedient to him and we're trusting him. God provides from his abundance. Again, John and the other apostles were overwhelmed with the size of the catch. Far more than they needed. But notice what Jesus did. He just asked them for enough to eat breakfast and they got to have the rest. Uh, for their families, for their businesses, God cares about your business. God cares about your family. But He provided abundantly and He provided generously because they were obedient to Him. And when they were obedient to Him, they got to see Him work. He provided all the resources they needed as well as what He wanted for them. God is always generous and provides abundantly out of the resources that He has when you seek God's provision, stop looking at what you have and start asking God for what He has. When our church seeks God's provision and God's guidance and what God wants us to do in 2021 and beyond, we can't look back at what we used to do. We have to start saying, God, what do you want us to do now? What are you resourcing right now? What are you providing for right now? What do you know that's coming up? And out of the storehouse of God, what does He want to provide for in the future? 
We limit ourselves when we're stuck and back to business as usual and God's resources are unlimited for the people of God who will be obedient and who will follow Him faithfully. What is God doing in your life? Are you trying to fix everything yourselves and uh, focused on what's right in front of you instead of what God can do? Bring that to Him. Let Him know you want to see His provision. You want to see God do a work and be open to what He's going to do in your life. So God also provides from from His abundance, from from His storehouse. Not just from, from what we see or what we can do or what we think is the right thing to do. God provides from His storehouse. Then last, God provides when He plans to use it. God provides what He plans to use. What He's going to use. This is an often overlooked point of Scripture, but it's clear in this story. Jesus tells them to bring the fish to shore. Peter, with the help of the other apostles most likely, but again, Peter's in leadership, drags that net to shore. And Jesus says, give me some of the fish. Now now notice, he's already frying fish. He's got them on the fire. He's already got bread there. Why didn't he just bring enough to take care of everything? Instead, he wants them to participate. He wants them to give him what he just gave them. He wants to send that message that we often overlook. This belongs to God in the first place. Whatever provision God supplies you with, provides the church with, resources, ministries with, that's God's provision. So God says, I'm giving that to you, give it back to me, and then you get to participate with me. And what I'm doing. He takes the fish that are needed. And watch what he does. He blesses it. He breaks it. And they eat and they fellowship together. John finishes his gospel with the image of deity in common with people. Sitting right there around the fire eating breakfast is God in human flesh. Who demonstrates once again that he is the Lord of the Passover. He is the Lord of the Lord's Supper. He is the Lord of benevolence and provision. He's the one that fed the 5,000 and He's the one that can simply feed us with the provision that He provides. Why does He do that? Because He gives to us in ministry what He wants to use. Now pay attention to this church. God gives the church everything we need to do what God wants us to do. We give it back to Him Then He blesses us with it through ministry. A reciprocal relationship in which we get to participate in our love relationship with God. We get to participate with Him in what He's going to do. Now you see the danger of getting stuck in back to business as usual. Because we take ourselves out of that participation. We take ourselves out of that reciprocal relationship where God brings us provision from our obedience We see God work, then God gives it back to us in ministry. And God uses us to bless others. That's how God works. That's what God does. Jesus is doing what God always does. And it's not hard to see that what I'm going to say next is, this is why the tithe is so important. This is why giving generously of our resources to God and our time to God is so important because He gives it back to us for ministry. And He expands it. And he multiplies it. And in doing that and being obedient, we we never lack. We'll always have 
what we need, and it always comes from God's storehouse. God knows what we need. God wants us to participate with him in ministry. The only question is, will we break out of business as usual and say, God, we want to do what you want us to do. We want to do what you want us to do in 2021. Maybe you find yourself a little bit this morning stuck in business as usual in your own life. Or maybe you're from a different church. You just tuned in to First Baptist this morning and you realize that God's speaking to you, uh, that your church has had as its goal to get back to business as usual. When we do that, we limit ourselves. We don't get to see God work the way God wants to work. And I want to encourage you to trust God for His provision this morning. Don't get stuck in back to business as usual. Remember, God is at work. Several years ago, a young couple, Fred and Cheryl, they had two teenagers, and they felt led to adopt a little girl from Haiti. And they met a little five-year-old girl named Addie in Haiti. They adopted Addie into their family, and Addie immediately connected with her new parents and her new her two teenage brothers. And if you can imagine being a five-year-old, dropped into a family with two teenage sons right away, uh, probably was a little bit of shock to her. But she was immediately connected with them. And Cheryl would write a story later. She would talk about how that first meal that they shared together as a family, she cooked pork chops that night with everything to go with it. The iced tea was sitting there. Uh, there was ice cream afterward. There was everything that they could want to eat. She was so excited to have a little Addie with them at the table. So they had a blessing and they started eating. And, and, and little Addie ate in, in small bites, just a little at a time, and watched with fascination as the two teenage boys at the table ate everything that was on the table. Ate everything, cleaned up the table. Cleaned it all off. But Cheryl said she noticed that little Addie's joy at having dinner, then her fascination at her brother's appetite, went quickly to a sense of fear and insecurity. that They could see it on her face. So Cheryl guessed correctly what the problem was. She said to little Addie, let me show you something. And she took little Addie around and through the kitchen. She, she opened the freezer and she showed little Addie that inside the freezer there were plenty of pork chops and there was ground hamburger and there was more ice cream than they would be able to eat that day. She closed the freezer and she opened the refrigerator and she showed her that inside the refrigerator there was plenty of milk and plenty of iced tea. There was cheese and eggs and bacon and there was jams and jellies and butter. And then she opened the pantry and the cabinet. She showed her all the canned goods. She showed her the cereals. She showed her the cookies. And then she closed the door. And she said to Addie, just because you don't see it doesn't mean it's not there. Just because you don't see it doesn't mean it's not there. What God provides for you today is from his storehouse. The unlimited resources of Almighty God. Never get stuck and back to business as usual. And God help us, church, if all we say is we just want to do what we've always done and ignore that what God calls us to do, God will provide for. God always provides for us so we can carry out His ministry and participate in what God is doing. Believers in Christ, I want to challenge you this morning first. If you look at 2021, I want to challenge you to look forward 
not backward. Look ahead to what God can do fresh in your life. Look ahead to a fresh walk with Christ. Look ahead to deepening your trust in Christ. Uh, to exercising obedience in Christ. To saying, God, no matter what, and no matter what you change, God, I just want to do what you want me to do. I want to see you work, and I want you to work through me. God, I pray for provision. And I ask God, you, you, you take care of me, but God, do it so I can be in ministry for you. And I also want to ask this question. If you're stuck, is it because, is it because you've never trusted and obeyed God? Your, your faith and, your, and God's provision haven't come together in your obedience. You haven't acted on what God wanted you to do. Because in your mind, business as usual is good enough. If that's you, I want to offer you ask God's forgiveness for that. And say, God, forgive me. I want to trust you and do whatever you want me to do. And to those of you who have never trusted Christ as your Savior, never trusted Christ as your Savior, you've been fishing the side of the boat, you know how to fish. But you find yourself lost, hopeless, frustrated. Life just isn't going the way you thought it would. And you're very concerned. You might even be scared that 2021 will be like 2020. The reason for that is you're focused on the year and not the God of creation. So if you never trusted Christ as your Savior, He is your Creator. And I want to offer you this opportunity this morning to do just that, to trust Jesus Christ as your Lord and your Savior. Don't be stuck in business as usual when God is calling you to come back to Him. God will forgive you of your sins. God will show you His plan for your future. God will provide for you so you can do ministry for Him. God will make you a new creature in Christ if you'll trust Christ as your Savior. So I'm going to pray with you this morning. First, I'm going to pray for us that are followers of Christ. New commitments, fresh commitments, a new 2021. Then I'm going to pray for those of you that have never trusted Christ as your Savior. And I'm going to pray a prayer of faith that you can trust Jesus Christ. And you can pray that prayer at home right where you are. Put your faith and trust in Christ today. He'll forgive you of your sins, give you a home in heaven, and start you in a new life with you, in relationship with God through Christ. So let's pray together. Our Heavenly Father, I want to pause here and thank you, God, for your provision. How you've taken care of us throughout 2020, every year before, and how you'll take care of us in 2021. I thank you, God, because we know you provide abundantly, generously. You take care of us, God. You love us that much. I pray for families right now that are hurting and in need of provision, of resources, of help. I pray for them right now, God, that you would show up there that they would turn to you, not business as usual, but turn to you, God, cry out to you if needed, repent of sin if needed, that, God, they would see you do a fresh work in their lives. Provide for us, God. And, God, I pray for believers in Christ to focus forward on what you're going to do in 2021. Help us to grow in our walk with Christ this year. Help us to grow in our faith in Christ this year. Help us to see you work in a fresh and new way in 2021. And 21. And Father, I pray for that one who's never trusted Christ as their Savior. And they know it. But God, you've spoken to their hearts this morning. And they know, God, that they've been one step away, but still trying to handle everything on their own. 
Father, I pray right now would be the day that they give their life to Jesus Christ and pray this prayer of faith to trust Christ as their Savior. Dear Lord Jesus, I know that I'm a Savior. I know that I'm a sinner. And I know that I can't save myself. And Jesus, I believe you died on the cross for me and that you're alive today. Jesus, come into my heart and into my life. Cleanse me of my sin. God, forgive me of my sin. And I repent of my sin and turn away from it today. And give me a home in heaven. Jesus, I commit my life to following Christ. And it's in Jesus' precious name I pray. Amen.